Hi, guys. It's Mike Young with Noble Warriors, uh, bringing you episode number five for the Noble Man podcast. And I'm pretty excited that we have a special guest in the studio at Noble Warriors today. It's my dear bride, Stacy. We are going to be talking today about the power and the impact of family meals. And my bride has cooked a lot of meals for our family. We've enjoyed it quite a bit. As a matter of fact, when Tim graduated from high school and went off to college, Stacy did a calculation about how many lunches she had packed for him and he carried that with him in his wallet or something and had a a note reminding him of how many sandwiches mom had packed for him during his school career but she also cooked a lot of meals for us Now, uh, I think it's important for us to recognize that it's not who cooks the meal that's important. It's not who does the planning that's important, but it's the idea that we have a meal together. So um, I I want to start with just some fun. We'll have a good little bit with this. And um, so we did a survey on Friday of last week asking guys when you cook if you cook what do you cook what's your specialty so we had some fun things Um, a lot of guys said they did steaks and stuff on the grill a lot of guys said they did eggs or um, something that they cook on top of the stove but we got some really cool things like I do several things well but I'd have to say my mesquite marinated charcoal mesquite wood smoked barbecue is awesome and uh, other guys went on grilled shrimp with angel hair pasta ingredients include garlic olive oil fresh basil fresh parlay I mean these folks gave us a whole uh, recipe here some guy said he made reservations another guy said he just takes all the left a hodgepodge of leftovers all mixed together is his specialty that sounds like a dad move to be sure and so there are just fun things that we learned about guys cooking this one i thought was funny oatmeal slow cooked with milk not water almonds not cooked in oil flax or chia seeds i mean this guy went on and on about an um a recipe for oatmeal. So I'm just uh, excited about all the things that we learn here about guys cooking. But here's here's the deal. We want to focus on the priority of families spending time together around the table. So I'm going to go to Stacy for a moment, going to ask her a question to just tell us uh, what your sense has been of how important this has been for our family and the role that it has played in our family's history. Hmm. It's really interesting when we get together now as a family with our kids being a little older and so many of their memories that they talk about are at the table and conversations that we've had at the table, um, just sharing life together. And, And so that's been cool as parents to see the value that they've placed on it. And I would say as they were growing up and they were in the home and we were doing it, it really wasn't on their radar screen. They didn't realize what impact that was. In fact, they just thought it was the normal thing. And it really wasn't until they went away to school and started doing life on their own and realized that time was valuable and um, and unusual for most families. So that's been a, a reward as parents, I think, that we've gotten to see that they value um and and it's part of their i guess dna in terms of how how we did family 
Yeah, it was it was amazing to have their friends come over and comment about the fact that we all sat together and ate a meal around the table and had a conversation because so many kids have no context for that these days. Right. So um, help uh, me understand, was there a set dinner time every night? What did that look like? What were the dynamics? Uh, I mean, I could answer the questions, just, but it's just quite honestly fun to hear you answer the question about our hmm. family dinner dynamics. Uh, so I don't think we, we certainly did not have a set time. Um, some of that revolved around seasons of our life and activities that were going on, whether we had sports events to go to, um, whether or not I was on top of it and even knew what we were having for dinner that night, um, whether or not uh, I may have been in a project and didn't get dinner started early. So typically we'd eat somewhere between 6 and 6.30, but that wasn't hard and fast. Yeah. And we had fun with it. I mean, there were times when we ate early because we had a commitment that evening. There were times when we ate later because we had a commitment and we would eat after the after whatever the commitment, the meeting, the practice yeah. or whatever was. Um, and even going out to eat, I mean, sometimes we would say, hey, we, we can't uh, have a meal together at home, but we would even try to eat together um, and spend as much time together as a family around the meals as we could. Yeah, uh, we get creative too because times <clears throat> were tight at times. Yeah. And so if we knew we didn't have time to eat at home, we had to get to the ball field or there was a game going on, we'd pack picnic lunches, sandwiches, and eat at the office yeah. <laughs> around the conference table and then go where we needed to go. So. There wasn't always a lot of eating out. It, yeah. we, we did get rather creative with ordering $5 pizzas, and that was what yeah. we did for dinner. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. But for us, the key is being together. And I have to tell you that we didn't start this, uh, Stacy and I, as a family. This is part of our heritage. I mean, I grew up, my dad got home from work at a, at about the same time every evening at about five o'clock. And, and we had dinner together as a family most evenings. And um, then we went out to do projects and work on things around the house. But there was dinner together pretty consistently. Uh, so we sat down as a family. And Stacy, I think that was consistent with your family mm -hmm. as well, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, we did the same thing. Yeah, that yeah. was a priority for us. So, you know what? I know part of what's challenging in our culture is that um, not everybody's story is the same and not everybody can do the same thing. So for some folks, because of shift work or whatever, dinner might not work. Um, can you do breakfast together as a family and have that be just as impactful? I think the answer to that is yes. Um, I think you can try to figure out how do you get together? When do you sit down and break bread together as a family? And what does that look like? Um, so and, and also because we are about men's discipleship, I want to talk about what a man's role, what a dad's role is in this whole thing. Now, um, Stacy has the blessing of being a stay-at-home mom, so she's had some flexibility. She works more now than she did when the kids were all home originally. But um, So she did most of the cooking. But I know plenty of guys who do the cooking for their family, and that's their role, and they love it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's um, But the, the, the key is, are you connecting together as a family? Do you have any thoughts on that, Stace? Uh, I think another thing that we can think of, too, is trying to get your kids involved. Yeah. 
and just getting them to help with dinner, whether it's helping to cook dinner or helping to clean up, um, just viewing it as this is a family event, this is something, um, how we can serve each other. So just making it more than a one-person task. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a group effort. It becomes part of the family dynamics. Um, and so this is another way, Dad, I think you have a significant role because here's here's the deal. You have to make sure that you see this as a priority um, and you have to support that this you have to to take initiative sometimes and someone's going to be stronger at this somebody's going to be weaker someone's going to see it as a bigger priority than than someone else perhaps but here's my thinking you have to make this a priority in your own life and if you're saying hey dinner's not a big deal for me and you blow it off all the time and you are missing can i just tell you you are missing precious time with your family and um i i don't think you want to do that as a matter of fact there's a there's a video uh uh music video that i think you should take a look at called american dream by casting crowns um and and the message of the song is all he ever wanted was you all they wanted was you dad they want your presence and so you have to make this a priority. Now, we also work in a lot of scenarios. We've got families where mom is working, and and so there are dynamics there. And, folks, I would just say that whatever you have to do to make meeting together around the table as a family a priority, do it. You will not regret the time, the energy, the effort that you spend making mealtimes a priority. I would also say get rid of the cell phones. You know, Chick-fil-A at one time had these little coops that they, a cell phone coop they would put on the table, and you were supposed to put your cell phones in this little chicken coop and and stay away from the phones. We need to be together without distractions so that we can hear from each other dialogue about the day. And so that was another thing that was a lot of fun for us is hearing what was going on in each other's days. Um, And our kids all have different levels of interest in sharing their stories. They're introverts and extroverts. And so we had to work sometimes at getting their stories out. So, Stacy, why don't you talk about some of the conversations and the activities, the fun that we've had around the table in telling stories and updates? <laughs> we, uh, we talk about everything at the table, sometimes to my chagrins, because some of the things I don't really think are appropriate to talk <laughs> at the table about, but they come out. And so we just go with it. Um, but, so, yeah, really anything from what's happened at school. I mean, usually you, you kind of have to start on a lighter note. Um, what's what's happening at school? What's going on with so-and-so's friend? Um, different things that are happening maybe with sports they're playing um, and homework challenges they may be having, conversations they've had in school. We've talked about um kids in high school being in biology class and and that's getting to the evolution part um and so going down that that line of how they they would raise questions in class and um government class i mean all kinds of things so talk about their day really revolves around them trying to get them to come out and talk about what they're thinking about how they're feeling if they're quiet um what's what are they thinking about today what was a high what was a low of your day um that was a a 
a family question we kind of go around and talk about um, depending on who's home it really depended on who talked it, that dynamic has been really funny to to watch over the years because we have some very verbal boys and uh, and then some are more quiet and so when the ones that are verbal <laughs> leave the house um, it really gives the other kids the time to shine and step up to the plate and they t- they've actually taken hold of it and yeah and have um, have talked a lot more than they did when their older siblings were around. So that's been a fun dynamic to see. We talk about, oh my goodness, the marriage stuff. Um, d- d- yeah, I don't even want to go into some of what we talk about. <laughs> well, we've talked about burping in your pants and where do babies come from and crazy issues all the time. Uh, right now, I'm just going to tell you this straight up. Our dog, we think, is in heat. And so um, we're wrestling with what does all that mean? And so part of what's cool about this is that there's been very little that's been off limits at our table. And and you know what? Everything that I read about young people is they're curious and they want to know and they want to hear from their parents and they want that connection time. And so if we are afraid of hard conversations, what we're teaching them to do is stuff those things down and go get your answers from somewhere else. But man, everything that they can bring to that table and place out there that we can have a conversation about is so valuable because it keeps the it, it begins the process of engaging in conversation and it keeps the doors open for us to talk about real issues and real things. Man, we've asked questions about teachers. Do you think they're a believer? Do you not? Um, do we, I? Some of what I do. Um, the, the dinner table becomes a great opportunity for discipleship for us, and it has ranged all over the place from prayer times that are very specific and strategic to reading passages of scriptures and discussing that to reviewing sermon con, uh, points. Um, but my favorite things to do, really are to look at current issues, to take a newspaper article or a magazine article or something that I've read and push it out there and say, what's an appropriate Christ-like response to this? Or what are your thoughts of this? Or is this ethically right or wrong? What do you... And man, the robust conversations that we've had around the table have been fantastic. And there's generally a lot of laughter. We we have learned to to love each other and laugh and and have fun. There's uh, sometimes something gets spilled or we hear a funny story from the day. There is just much laughter around the table, and and it's been my experience that young folks are hungry for that type of lightheartedness in their lives. They need a place to decompress where it feels comfortable and safe and and homey and there's peace there. Um, part of what has been phenomenal for us is to have the friends of our kids come to our house and say, wow, this is a peaceful place. It doesn't mean that it's quiet, but I think what they're trying to communicate is they feel safe. They feel that they can uh, be let their guard down a little bit there. And I think much of that has to do with just the transparency that happens around our table. And so here's another crazy thing. If you've never had that, if that's not part of your story, because I recognize that this is, you know, Stacy and I grew up 
in very similar environments, Christian homes where we experience the the power of family meals and and we had those experiences, but there are many folks who haven't had that and they would like to create it. And so I, I, let's pivot for a little bit and and just talk about if you have to start from zero and you want to start doing family meals and you want to start experiencing that, what do you do? Stacy? what would you say uh, to um, a mom who may be listening to this or a dad? What type of support do you think you need? What, what do you need to put in place to try and initiate family meals for a family who's never really had this experience? Yeah. Well, and I think some of that depends on the ages of your kids and where you are, where you're at in life. Um, but starting, I mean, starting somewhere, we all can start. If you have older kids, I'd say definitely you need to get it on the calendar. Mm. It's not something you're just going to all of a sudden one night decide to fix dinner and everybody's going to come to the dinner table. So I think you definitely need to calendar that and schedule it. And maybe at the beginning of the week, you pick two nights that week that you want to. And you, as part of that, is just preparing your meal, like figuring Mm -hmm. out what you need to have on hand and going shopping and having a little plan. Um, and so your kids are older and you can you can kind of do that and give some of that to them. I think I'd say another thing I noticed from just teaching or helping with our young married class and having a young family and thinking about back to when our kids were younger, um, you know, some of the things that we do at the table now where we have these robust conversations, well, that wasn't happening when they were right. in preschool. Right. Um, so it's very different. But I will say, just having that routine of getting your kids to the table, having them sit down at the table, having them eat with you is huge. I mean, it establishes a routine in your house, and it, it models to them how you eat a meal. Because I see so many young families don't don't eat together anymore. Yeah. They graze, and their kids graze, and um, they're not even familiar with sitting down as a family unit. So even when your kids are in high, uh, have a high chair, scoot the high chair up to the table, and you and um, your spouse sit there and eat dinner together with with the toddler in the high chair. Yeah. Um, and start it out that way because that's an expectation that you're setting, that you're seeing, you're modeling, and they know, oh, and I'm big enough, I can sit at the table. Yeah. Um, and then include them in conversations. When they're small, you need to just talk on their level and engage them. So I think wherever you are, you kind of start start at that point and move forward. Yeah. So good, good statements. I, I think um, engaging conversation, that's one that I get guys will ask me all the time. How do I how do I start a conversation with my with my son or my teenager? Um, hey, even for a daughter, you need to find out what's important to them. Don't focus on things that are important to you. Start with something that's important to them. If they're into music, ask them to tell you what their favorite songs are. Listen to them together. I mean, you can do this at the table. Do odd things at the table. It's okay. Um, But getting them together and showing interest in what's going on in their world is going to be huge for them being able to connect with you and, and begin to value that time. And I think that's ultimately what you want to do is you want to create a scenario where they begin to value that time. And and I know we've had crazy 
challenges where two of them are paying attention and two of them are blowing snap beans out their nose or whatever. I mean, you, you just crazy things happen and you can't be deterred by that. You have to keep pressing in and saying, you know what, I, I believe in the value of this and I'm going to keep moving toward it. There's a book that I've, I've not read the whole book, um, but it's titled The Boyhood Crisis. And the one thing that the author keeps coming back to and saying, this is the one thing that you could do, everyone could do, that would make a difference in the lives of your boys and would help them to be more robust and more healthy, and that is to eat meals together. Eat meals together. I, I'm just blown away that this secular book says the family unit, focusing on the family, is going to produce results that are high value because that emotional social even physical presence connection is so valuable especially to young boys but to young girls as well that they say that's the that's the single most impactful thing that you could begin doing as a family to to help your kids grow up in a healthy way because it's it's really developing a relationship with them yeah. it's really not about eating right exactly <laughs> it's about the relationship Exactly. And yeah. so, guys, I think, you know, when I talk about men leading, I think that is so valuable. Now, why are we doing this at this particular season? Well, you know, I was just on the phone with my sister this morning, and she was talking about how much more time their family has had. They've got children that are nearly grown. Their youngest is a high school senior. So they're all three working, even in the virus time. Um, and and so what she mentioned was that they've had some wonderful family meals together. And so this is a time when you have more opportunity to invest in figuring out how can I plan a meal? How can we do something unique? How can we start a new tradition that may survive beyond this pandemic? And that's that's what I would say to you. You know, God may God may be forcing us to connect together as families to begin new traditions and new habits that are going to produce great fruit down the road. So guys, your your responsibility in this is to not say, hey, sweetie, I want you to start cooking dinner for us every night so we can have family meals. No, you, you need to figure out what your role is in that. And and maybe it's to cook. Maybe it's to agree to clean up. I mean, Stacy uh, cooked dinner last night and then the two of us uh, washed the dishes together and we got the, got the kitchen cleaned up. And I went on a walk. She had some other things to do. Um, I, sometimes our kids clean up the kitchen. And listen, if you think you're going to start um, at, at the teenage years and get them to clean up, that can happen, but it's a bigger battle. Man, if you start when your child is two and they want to help you put the stuff in the dishwasher, let them help. It's going to take you longer, but you're going to help them begin habits and understand how to do things that are going to be very powerful. Um, we're, we're running up on our time to close here, but I want to read one passage of Scripture to you that I heard Tony Evans preach a sermon about one time, and it's, um, it's this. It's Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. 
Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And and so Tony Evans did an entire sermon on verses three and four of this of this psalm. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And he just talked about that, that for the men to whom this was written and about, is written to Jewish men, about Jewish men, and that is that they saw the dinner table, the mealtime table, as a time to encourage their family, to invest in their children, to, to invest in those olive shoots, to adore their wives, to compliment her, and and to make the family dinner time a time of discipleship. It's It really looks better back to Deuteronomy and says that we are going to teach our children the ways of the Lord as we walk walk along the road, as we lie down, as we get up. It doesn't specifically say as we sit at the table and eat a meal, but I think it should be included there. And and we should be telling our stories. Guys, if you're looking for something, share your own testimony about your faith journey with your kids. Tell some stories of your family. Tell about the best meal you've ever eaten. Tell about the most expensive meal you've ever eaten. Talk about a time when you, you didn't have money to eat. Talk about eating ramen noodles while you're in college. Talk about weenie roasts when you were a kid. Talk, tell stories. Let the, let the family know your heritage. Let them know the inside of you. If this, if this virus thing is creating havoc for your family, this is a time when you can begin appropriately to share your life with your family. Guys, you are the priest of your home, and so this is a great time for you to share your faith, to evangelize in your own home, and to disciple in your own home. Talk to them about what you're reading in the Word and what you're learning from that, and leverage this time to keep pointing your family to Jesus Christ. So, uh, Stacy, any final words about the priority of family meals? She's shaking her head and smiling at me like, I have nothing else to say, but I'm sure you have something else to say. Oh, I just think it takes work. Yeah. It doesn't just fall out of the sky, um, but it's worth the effort. Good. Good. All right. Thank you. So let me uh, finish up by saying this. Next week, we're going to talk about spending time together as a family playing games. So uh, this week's uh, closing out the podcast with a reminder, look for next week's um, uh, survey question. And it's going to be about what games you play together as a family. We're going to talk about that. And I'll be honest with you, I am not a game player. So I'll have to confess some things to you next week. We'll have some fun with that. But God bless you, man. Thanks for joining us for the Nobleman Podcast. Podcast.